Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz, on this edition of our podcast will be joined by Villanova head coach Jay Wright as we continue our theme over the last nine weeks it is building your ultimate dream player of course we also talk about at the front end uh, what is happening in our world with COVID-19 with systemic racism what life will be like for these coaches these players when they get back on campus um, that's always in the front end of our interviews during this session. And then we start to construct the dream player. And we've had great fun with this uh, over the last nine weeks. Hall of Famers, Roy Williams of North Carolina, Jim Beheim of Syracuse, Tom Izzo of Michigan State, Kentucky's John Calipari, future Hall of Famers, I think. In Bob Huggins of West Virginia, uh, certainly I think Jay Wright will ultimately be one. Uh, we've had Bruce Pearl from Auburn, who had certainly a lot to discuss on his teams from Tennessee and Auburn. Rick Barnes, who had Texas and Tennessee. Leonard Hamilton, who has had great success at Florida State. Uh, and now Jay Wright, who won two national championships in 2016 and 2018. So two of the last uh, four national championships Villanova has claimed. Uh, So an interesting discussion with Jay as he tries to pick his dream player, 10 categories that I give him, and he's got to fill a spot for each one. Uh, Next week, we're going to conclude this series with Mark Turgeon from Maryland, who has also coached at Wichita State and Texas A&M, and we'll get his perspective Uh, He's had a lot of talent come through as well. And he's been very active, uh, certainly over the last couple of months. We're also going to get to my cat's ranks here momentarily. We've been doing this throughout the course of our nine weeks where I rank one of the categories that we select for the coaches. Uh, And then we're going to shift to a different theme over the next, which I will just tease that... uh, Uh, We will shift to that after next week's podcast. Um, We've got the early entry withdrawal date coming up on August 3rd. Already a major name in the Big Ten, Isaiah Livers, decided to withdraw last week. That is huge news for the Michigan Wolverines and the Big Ten. I suspect a number of others that are going to decide to withdraw from the NBA draft. The combine list that's come out 
from the NBA, but there is no promise of an actual combine. Uh, so, look, if you can't get invited to the combine, you weren't getting drafted. I mean, those are just the facts. And so just giving them this information, I think, will help a lot of these decisions. The Big Ten, by the way, has a lot of decisions to make here because uh, I think it's going to impact not just the Big Ten, but the rest of the country. Luca Garza from Iowa. Illinois got two. Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn. If they both come back, Illinois got a team that could go pretty far. Obviously, with Garza, he could be the preseason national player of the year. Michigan State's got a pair of players. Aaron Henry and Xavier Tillman. Uh, they could have a monster effect on what Michigan State does next season. Uh, Marcus Carr from Minnesota. I mean, he's clearly their best point guard. Uh, you know, I don't know how much of a difference that makes for Minnesota in terms of, well, it makes a big difference to them, but whether or not they'd be a tournament team with or without him. But still a big decision for Marcus Carr as well. So a lot of decisions in the Big Ten uh, that really could affect the landscape of college basketball next season. So we'll have to wait and see how all that plays out. Uh, no news on the season. We're going to wait and pause because obviously a lot in college athletics has to be determined before then. So a lot of opinions, ideas, but I'm going to hold and be reserved until the appropriate time just because it's a little premature to get there. But we'll discuss our top players returning uh, really from 20 on down as we get into the month of August once we know who's back and who's not with that August 3rd timeline. Uh, and that really was appropriate. Um, there was some chatter because the NBA draft starts on October 16th, whether or not the withdrawal date should be moved to September 1st or sometime in September. Uh, but that makes no sense because, uh, you know, school starting for some of these schools as early as August 10th. And at this juncture, if you don't know if you're good enough, now that this combine list is out, you've had the undergraduate advisory committee, um, you should know whether or not you got a chance for the first round. So there should be no uh, surprises here. And you should be able to make your decision if you're one of those players, especially those players that are high profile and need to know whether or not they're somewhere in that top 20. Because if you're beyond that in this year, where you don't even know if the NBA season is going to start on time, um, you should really think about going back to school uh, because we're going to have an NCAA tournament, okay? We're going to have a season. We're going to have an NCAA tournament and a season. Uh, I feel very strongly in saying that. How many games? Don't know. Conference, non-conference. There will be some semblance of a season, and there will be an NCAA tournament before the fall of 21. This can be an old takes exposed, but I am 100% confident that that will occur in some form or fashion at some point. So that's why we're going to keep plowing ahead. Keep believing. Keep being optimistic. We'll get through this. So with that, Jay Wright, the head coach of Villanova and a future Hall of Famer. Uh, Jay, before we get to your dream player, uh, let's just talk a little bit in general about uh, where we are. Um, when we last spoke uh, in this form, uh, I remember we were talking about the Olympics getting canceled and your summer obviously changing and everything in that regard. Um, so much has even happened since then. There's a lot of uncertainty, obviously, with the murder of George Floyd. There was social unrest, awakening to uh, injustice that we know has all existed, but now we're talking more about it. So I want to start there real quickly and just, you know, what what those conversations have been like with your players, your former players in the last couple of months as, you know, your players, I'm sure, have felt, more, felt even more empowered to share their experiences. 
Yeah, it's been really educational, Andy, um, for me, for all of us. And it has brought together our Villanova family um, at so many levels, um, as you mentioned. First, with our current players, you know, we, you know, we, Demir Cosby Roundtree is, you know, leading walks in Philadelphia. Colin Gillespie's father is a Philadelphia police officer. Um, so, you know, we got riots going on in Philly and, and both of those guys are on both sides of it. We're having team zooms and, and we're talking about it. And we're so blessed that we have such a, a great family, basketball family that communicates so well, you know, that in itself could have been difficult. You know, Colin's dad being a, um, a police officer and, and we've got guys out there in the city of Philly protesting and, you know, it was bad in Philadelphia and it was so cool that, um, uh, Colin had his 21st birthday and they, you know, his family invited all the players and guys came down from, from Boston and from DC to Colin's house and Demir Cosby Roundtree and his mom and his brother and sister, you know, go to Gillespie's house for the party. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been really emotional, really, um, educational. I think it's brought us closer together, um, even, you know, the alums, you know, I, I put out an initial tweet, Randy, all our former players got together and um, got to Randy Foy and said, you know, you got to tell coach like this, this is good, but it's not enough, you know, and Randy talked with me and educated me even more. And it's, so it's, it's been, it's been awesome. It's, it's, I think we got a great opportunity here. We had a zoom with our donors, our top donors that to talked to them about it. And we got guys getting together to, to build a, a foundation, a fund at Villanova to uh, to support the black student athletes, and a lot of a lot of good stuff, but still a lot of tough times and a lot of uncomfortable situations. Why do you think the student athlete now feels even more empowered to speak out, to go to a rally uh, without any kind of repercussions? You know, back on uh, with his staff or on campus that. Uh, that the support clearly is is overtly there now than maybe even if you supported not you personally but people coaches support in the past it's clearly now overtly supportive uh, of the student athlete I think now more than ever before yeah I would I'd like to think you know at Villanova our guys um, would have felt they could have protested they could have uh you know, we would talk about things like this, not obviously at this intensity level, but they feel like they would have been supported if they did protest. Um, but now um, it's it's so obvious and it's, um, I think, so universally accepted uh, the atrocities that, that went on recently, um, you know, with George Floyd and, and, and others uh, have made all of the previous atrocities come to light so that the concept of black lives matter i don't think anybody can honestly um refute that <laughs> so they, they've got a they've got a platform that is very powerful right now and i think that's why they they feel so empowered so at the same time this is going on COVID 19 is obviously happening still happening was before during after and will continue um how has that affected your mindset of this season of unknown. We know college football, fall sports have to figure themselves out first. And then we're on the backside of that, but uh, there's so much uncertainty. How are you handling it? Yeah. You know, we're connected to that. We are connected to that, that fall sport issue, you know, um, 
just getting back to school. You know, that's one thing with us at Villanova right now. Um, our players were going to be able to return based on when the fall sports teams returned. Um, so if they don't do fall sports, that, that impacts us initially. And we're not going to be able to come back until, um, you know, the regular students come back. And, and uh, so obviously we have not had our guys. You know, I, I haven't seen our guys face-to-face since the day you know that they left when we drove home from the Big East tournament. Um, so, you know, it's been Zooms. It's been FaceTimes. It's been phone calls. Um, and, you know, we're, we're trying to hold it together. I, I, we have an experienced team. So I feel like we're a little bit better prepared for this than let's say if we had last year's team with a, you know, a transfer in Caleb Daniels, um, five freshmen, um, you know, that it would be really difficult going through this with that group right now. But I feel like we've got a mature group that understands what needs to be done in the off season. And, and so far, and we know this stuff changes. I feel good about the way they're handling everything. One last thing, we'll get to your dream player. I mean, the crazy thing is, I hope this doesn't happen, but one scenario could be where you're literally only practicing in the fall until games in January. I think that's sort of the last scenario, but it could happen. Um, with an experienced team, uh, and I know coaches do love practice, but what, what do you think that potentially could be like if you know that comes to pass where you end up, uh, you know, basically you're practicing all fall before ultimately playing? Yeah, um, I think right now, given what these guys have been through, um, aiding back to, I believe, like March 12th or something like that, getting together, being on campus, and even if we were just practicing, would be a thrill for them. If, if you're going through a regular season, uh, you know, you would have spring workouts, you'd have summer workouts, you get back to school, you have fall workouts, you know, come October, come October, sometimes your team can be a little spent, you know, spend so much time together. Whereas these guys miss each other so much. We didn't have, we didn't finish the season. We didn't have spring workouts. We didn't have summer. The time spent together in the fall working out is going to be joyous for them. So I don't think there's any problem with how late we start this season. As long as they, they have some hope that they're going to play and they get to get back together and work out together. Well, the good news, because I have ultimate faith, is Dan Gavitt, senior NCAA vice president, uh, Jim Phillips, who's going to be the chair in the 2022 tournament, uh, athletic director at Northwestern. I've talked to them the last few weeks, and they're both adamant that in some form or fashion, before we get to the fall of 21, we will have an NCAA tournament, and we will have some form of a season. So I believe it. And I'm hopeful that we will get there. So before we go, uh, you know, we now got to look back. You've had an unbelievable career at Villanova. Still many more uh, years to come, possible championships to come, two in 16 and 18, uh, three Final Fours. So for the purposes of the dream player, and we've done this over the last uh, eight weeks with your peers uh, and had some interesting, you know, answers here uh, for these various categories. So. I've got 10 categories. I know you've done some homework on this, and I'm going to give you the category, and then you're going to give me the player. Uh, Hopefully no one will be offended if they're not the first player listed, but you've got a lot of good choices. So we'll start off with your quarterback, your playmaker. Who is it? 
Well, as you know, we've been blessed, man. So I, we got so many truths from him. I'm going to have to, if I have to pick one, given his college career, you know, maybe not where he is right now, uh, I, I probably have to go with Jalen Brunson. Uh, you know what? I got to go. Let me let me go with Ryan Archidiakono. Let me go with Ar- playmaker Ryan Archidiakono. See, I even researched this. I still can't make the decision when I got to make it. Let me go with Ryan. Uh, well, the good news is that there are other guard-related categories where we can put other key players. So I know we're going to get to these other big names. But tell me why, Ryan. Well, I, obviously, I got Kyle Lowry and Brunson and Gillespie. and We were so blessed. Uh, but just he he came in when we needed leadership and we made him captain. It's really the reason I I I picked him. He didn't get to play with other great point guards. Like Jalen got to play with Ryan. Kyle Lowry got to play with Mike Nardi and Randy Foy. When Ryan first came in, we made him a captain as a freshman. We needed his leadership, playmaking skills, quarterbacking right from the get-go, and he did it from freshman year to senior year and completed it with a national championship. All right. Who would be Mr. Clutch? I, that one, we got, we have great ones, obviously, but you got to go with Chris Jenkins. He says, you know, Scotty Reynolds, was, I actually had Scotty Reynolds second on that one because he had a huge shot to put us into our first final four. Coast to coast layup. Yeah. of our, of our, And he did it a lot. He made a lot of those shots. In our era, he hit the first one. Um, but Chris Jenkins' shots is for the ages. Yeah, no, I was blessed to see both of those. Um, the Reynolds won in Boston over Pitt. Pitt, I believe, was the number one seed in the Elite Eight. And then uh, Jenkins, obviously, I'll never forget that. And I love when I went back to Villanova, like, what was it, like a week or two later, and we recreated it yeah, 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 with yeah, Ryan, yeah. Chris, and Daniel Chefu. And I think of the 11 times we did it, I think he might have done it eight or nine, maybe hit. So uh, it wasn't a fluke. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, your top athlete. Oh, man. You know, this is an area where we might not be as gifted as some top teams, although we have some great ones in Hart, DiVincenzo, Dante Cunningham, and Mikhail Bridges, uh, but Randy Foy. I, I would have to say, though, that pure athleticism and being an effective player would be Eric Pascal. He was a freak athlete. Oh, for his size, too. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, he did some ridiculous things athletically. You don't want to pick a guy. Like, we just, Mo Sutton was a great athlete, too. But but Eric, over his career, um, had such an amazing career. But his athleticism, probably of all of them, was, was elite. All right, your bucket getter. Who's Mr. Buckets? Oh, boy. You know, pure bucket getter, as many great ones as we've had with Brunson and Corey Fisher and Randy Foy and Booth, Pascal, DiVincenzo, Scotty Reynolds as a bucket getter was incredible. I mean, that dude, he was elite as a college basketball player, as a guy that could just get buckets in so many different ways and just had a hunger a healthy hunger to score. It was never selfish. It was just that he knew it was his role and he loved it. And if he couldn't get off a good shot, he'd make the right pass, but he could get buckets and and never got tired of getting buckets. Your shooter, another great 
category for Villanova basketball? Boy, yeah. You know what? I think I'd have to say Alan Ray. You know, um, again, you, you go back, you got Sadiq Bay led the Big East in three-point shooting was one of the top in the country. You got Chris Jenkins, one of the great all-time shooters. And Nardi, Nard, Mike Nardi was a great shooter. Reynolds was a great shooter. And Corey Stokes was as pure as they come. But Alan Ray for four years, he, he lit it up. Your top defender. Man, you know what? We, you know, it's a shame. We might have that guy right now in Jeremiah Robinson Earl. We might have him, but he, it's hard to put him on there because he, over the length of time, he hasn't got to prove that like, like a Dante Cunningham or Josh Hart. But um, I, I'd have to go with Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges just could guard any position, loved doing it, did it most of his career. You know, for a guy that was picked eighth in the draft, he was for well, he only played three years, but for three years he was our best defender on every team. Always played the team's best player, even if that guy was a center sometimes or a point guard. How about your top rebounder? Again, Jeremiah Robinson could wind up being in that spot. He really could, you know, maybe even playing in one more year. But I say it probably have to be between Achefu and Cunningham. If you had if you had best rebounding guard, I'd probably say Josh Hart. But um, total best rebounder, I'd say Dante Cunningham. Uh, yeah, we've got to get some bigs in here. All right, three more categories. Uh, your glue guy. Ooh, so many great ones, man. So many, you know, man, Reggie Redding was amazing. Josh was actually good at that stuff. Arch was. I, I'd have to say Dwayne Anderson is currently on our staff. He did things off the court during his career that nobody knew. He was really a guy that during some rough times kept our program together. Um in that final four team in 09, he was probably the true leader of that team. He was captain and um, everybody listened to him. He, he, he didn't get as much hype, but he was the leader of that team. See, I like that. I like that. Uh, not one that everyone would expect. All right, last two here. And once again, I don't know how you're going to choose on these last two. I'll give them to you both, okay? Basketball IQ and who is your team captain? Um, all right, basketball IQ, man. Again, we're blessed. Um, you got Brunson, Archie Diacono, Booth, Lowry, Nardi, Bridges. Um, now, keep in mind, you have not put down Brunson or Booth or Nardi for any category yet. Just keep that in mind. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you, is, there a, is there an overall, like, Best player, overall best all-time player. Hey, we can do what you want. If you want to add that, that's fine. Like, I would have to say in the end, I mean, in the end, national player of the year. You got to say Brunson was like the all-around best Villanova player ever. You, you You can't not say that when you're the national player of the year. Like, I think maybe... Paul Arizon was the only person that did that. Right. That's uh, fine. Right. So the, the best all around player, you have to say Brunson. And then, and then, so if you want with just pure IQ intelligence, you'd have to say Lowry. All right. So now we need a team captain. And you know what? I, it's actually, this is, I got to get a copy of this when you do this. Cause this is actually working out pretty good. Cause it's true. Randy Foy as a captain, you know, he took us from 
you know, the beginning of the program when we were all idiots, me included, I didn't know what I was doing. The young guys, we were young, Randy and Alan, Jay Frazier, Curtis Sumter, Nardi, Baker Dunley, like none of us knew what we were doing. And then we grew the program and then Randy kind of took over as the leader in his junior year and became the ultimate captain and kept Kyle Lowry under control in his freshman year better than me. And, and like set the tone and it's kind of always been the captain, even to the point where I said to you, they all called him at the beginning of this black lives matter movement as the captain to talk to me. Well, and that's why I think that, you know, this list just shows, you know, just how great all your players were. You know what I mean? Just so many different categories you can go to. And we don't even have Dante DiVincenzo in anything, right? Or Sadiq Bey in, in anything or Booth. I mean, it's, I feel bad now. But this is actually pretty cool. Like, I, I, I'm looking forward to getting this from you. I, I never looked at it this way. It's, this is interesting. Well, and I think it also just shows, you know, obviously you've had tremendous success, but it also just shows the incredible depth of type of player that you've had that could fit in so many different categories. Yeah, Daniel Chepu is not in. I was looking through my notes. I had him like a leader, a rebounder, defender. I had him as a possibility. So he didn't even get in a category and he was on a national championship team. And it's it's really, this, is, this has been a good, usually I hate when you guys make us do this stuff. This has been, a good exercise. Good for the program. Well, and I also don't think people would be offended because they know the, the overall talent that you've had there. I hope so. <laughs> well, Jay, appreciate it. Uh, and uh, stay safe, and we'll talk soon. You too, man. Take care, buddy. Andy Katz, that guy will rank his wife's dinners. He'll rank anything. All right, it's time for my Katz ranks. This was an incredibly difficult category. This was... Basketball IQ, I'm going back to 2000, okay? Now, this, to me, I rely heavily on the coaches, who they think is an extension of them. Um, you got to be a good passer, I think, for sure. Someone who's a facilitator, leader. Did your team excel? Did you excel? Uh, I'm trying to do this college, not NBA. So this is an interesting group. We'll have tons of debate. I'm going to first tell you who didn't make the list, okay? Um, thought about T.J. Ford from Texas. Thought about Zion Williamson from Duke. Frank Mason from Kansas. Steph Curry, Davidson. Kevin Love, UCLA. Juan Dixon, Maryland. Cassius Winston from Michigan State. Trey Burke from Michigan. Nolan Smith from Duke. I mean, that's a college all-star list right there. So, let's go through my top ten. This will have a ton of debate. I am sure the engagement should be pretty, pretty good. Let's start at number 10. Jared Dudley from Boston College. Now, the Eagles, I'm going to refresh your memory here. They had a legitimate shot to get to the Final Four in 2006. They lost on a backdoor play in the Sweet 16 to Villanova. Dudley made himself what you see today in the NBA, which is a facilitator, great passer, clutch shooter at times, and a survivor, uh, and a good leader. That's why people like having him in the locker room. That's why he's in the Lakers. The following year after that 06 year when they lost in the Sweet 16, Dudley was the ACC Player of the Year. Tremendous passer out of that tight Al Skinner flex offense. Um, I think one of the smartest players that I've ever covered. At number nine, Darren Williams from Illinois. 
led the Illini to the 05 National Championship game. Uh, incredibly uh, savvy, great vision, leader, just blended so well with D. Brown in that backcourt with Illinois. Obviously had a very good NBA career after that. At number eight, Joe Kim Noah from Florida. Two-time national champ, 06-07. I think his passing is underrated. His leadership, great voice in that locker room. Took a lot of the pressure off the other players, some of them much more introverted than him. Notably Al Horford, not a, at that point in Al Horford's career. He was not a big extrovert. He became more of that in the NBA. Corey Brewer was not. Noah took on all of that for the team. At number seven, played one year, led him in the second round, Kevin Durant from Texas. Uh, try to think about him at Texas, where he's player of the year, and what he did in that season, not just what he is in the NBA, but tremendous basketball IQ. Obviously, we're seeing that in the NBA, but think about him that year at Texas. Came in, was not very strong. I mean, at the NBA Draft Combine, it was widely discussed how he didn't lift well, uh, and yet was a tremendous leader, great visionary, um, and an extension of Rick Barnes. At number six, Roy Williams highlighted him to me about being their highest basketball IQ in his career at Carolina. Sean May won, an 05, won a title in 05, beating Darren Williams. Uh, and once again, yes, he was a scorer inside, but he, could, he knew every position on the floor. Incredibly savvy basketball mind, an extension of Roy Williams. At number five, Jameer Nelson, St. Joe's, leading them in 04 to a historic season, a number one seed, didn't lose till the A-10 tournament, worth in a whisker of a Final Four berth. Uh, Lucas from Oklahoma State snatched it away right in the Elite Eight in New Jersey. You can still see Phil Martelli crestfallen in a side room at the Meadowlands with his wife Judy consoling him. I was there, I saw it. Nelson, phenomenal season, career with St. Joe's. Uh, great history in that program, by the way, but he elevated them to a level that may be very difficult to ever repeat. At number four, Draymond Green from Michigan State. We're seeing that in the NBA. Very vocal, very much uh, a player who knows where everyone should be on the floor. Obviously meshed very well with Tom Izzo. Um, just a big time uh, leader in IQ. I mean, the IQ was, I thought, off the charts for the Spartans. That's why I'm got him at number four. Winner. And number three, won two national championships. Was a contributor in one and was the star in a second. 16 and 18. Jalen Brunson from Villanova. I mean... Uh, he was selfless at times, knew when he had to be, be a leader, was not a ball hog, uh, just a great extension of Jay Wright. At number two, Dwayne Wade leads Marquette to the Final Four in 03. Um, you know, Tom Crean, I mean, and it's obvious because we think about his career in the NBA, but he will always talk about what he meant to the program, what he meant to every player, and constantly leans on him for leadership and he's just been a tremendous advocate for the game for Marquette. So I'm going with him at number two. And then at number one, I go back to Chris Paul at Wake Forest. Um, just had the anniversary this past week of the passing of Skip Prosser. And, you know, Skip Prosser and 
Chris Paul were simpatico. I mean, they were in sync. I remember still going to this game, Wake Forest at Illinois, Chris Paul, D. Brown, Chris Paul, Darren Williams. I mean, it was just an unbelievable atmosphere in Champaign. But Paul, obviously we've seen this in the NBA, but even at Wake, tremendous IQ, just could see the floor, see it ahead, knew what to do. And I think at the college level, he deserves me tabbing him as number one spot in this Cats ranks, basketball IQ since 2000. Ooh, a lot of names not on this list. A lot of people going to be debating this, but all 10 of these players had great careers, even if it was only one year, in the case of Durant, during their time in college basketball. So, highly debatable, but digestible, and one that certainly will cause some consternation in some places. This is the top 10 Cats ranks, basketball IQ. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. As always, I appreciate the engagement, the downloading. uh, And our guests have been phenomenal during the pandemic. Um, Just really appreciate everyone's availability uh, with everything. Next week, Mark Turgeon from Maryland joins us. Uh, We will expand the grouping uh, as we go forward here on this podcast, as we segue into a new theme as well. So we'll dive into that. Um, so more on that later. But I want to thank our Turner Sports team as always, Chad Acock, Abby Stoltz, Michael Kaplan, Sean Bartley, uh, doing tremendous work remotely as most of us are during this time. So as always, you can follow all our content on our social media outlets on Twitter and Facebook, NCAA.com, as well as done a tremendous job breaking down our podcast and giving you new content uh, through um, the written form. So they've done a great job as well. I appreciate all their hard work. As always, thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk again next week.